0: Hey friends! To be fair, life can feel like a mess with too little time. But on this podcast, we think through the challenges and make thoughtful, everyday decisions. My name is Amy Kaye, and this is To Be Fair. Thank you so much for listening today. This is episode number 12, and today we're thinking about our need as human beings to play. Around 15 years ago, when I served a church in Columbia, Missouri, there was a fantastic family who threw a party in their home every year for all of their friends. They would invite friends from work, friends they had developed from watching their kids play sports, friends from church like me, friends from their neighborhood. They created a huge gathering with random folks from different circles of their lives. And as the years went on, I started calling their friends, my friends. One year, we were even invited to a birthday party of one of their friends. (laughs) It was lovely, and it was always a fun gathering, for sure. One year, the host and one of our friends and I ended up in a side area of the living room for a moment and our friend was sitting in a chair that was probably too small for two people, but I wedged myself in beside her and called for our host to come sit on my lap. (laughs) I have no idea what prompted this. I might have had a few drinks by then, but I'm spirited with or without drinks, so I really have no idea. But then a camera appeared and snapped a picture of us. This was in the olden days, before there were amazing phone cameras. It was a real camera, and our host proceeded to print a real picture of this moment and framed them for each of us. She titled the photo, Pure Joy. I still have this picture and I cherish it for a few reasons. One, I loved those ladies dearly and I loved that church dearly. Those were always good times, but there's an additional layer here. And I wonder if this is something that you can identify with. This was at a very busy time of my life. I was commuting to seminary in St. Louis while serving the church full-time, and I birthed two boys in that stretch, too. I was a person who was constantly busy. There wasn't much time to play in the stretch. So this captured moment of pure joy meant a lot to me for all of these reasons. Maybe you've had busy stretches in your life, too, or are in the middle of one now, right? And you can relate to my story work, volunteering, kids, grandkids, sometimes it might seem like there isn't time to do anything else but get through the schedule. Here's what I'd like for us to consider today. It is important, it is necessary for us to have play in our lives. I've shared my love of social work professor Brené Brown from Houston University before on To Be Fair. Dr. Brown's research has shown the necessity of play to be true for people who live full, wholehearted lives. She says that we need to cultivate play and rest but here today we're just going to think about play. I finished reading Dr. Brown's book Gifts of Imperfection a few weeks ago and in it she introduces Dr. Stuart Brown. He is a psychiatrist and the founder of the National Institute for Play. I've appreciated learning from him because I feel like I've got a lot to learn about this thing called play. Play is defined as engaging in an activity for enjoyment and recreation Rather than a serious or practical purpose. According to Dr. Stuart Brown, there are seven properties that describe play. It is purposeless. We play for the sake of playing. It's voluntary. There's an inherent attraction to it. While doing it, there is freedom from time. It diminishes our consciousness of self. So we let our hair down and lose ourselves in dancing or whatever. Play is improvisational, and we have a desire to do it more. All that, all that is play. And oh, friends, I know, this might be considered crazy talk for some of us. Doing something for sheer enjoyment? Purposeless activity? (laughs) Hmm. According to Dr. Brené Brown, the main hang-up for adults in North America from being able to rest and play is that exhaustion has become a status symbol and productivity has become a symbol of self-worth. Exhaustion has become a status symbol, and productivity has become a symbol of self-worth. This hits home for me, and I wonder if it might for you too a little bit. Do we maybe feel good about being so fatigued from our hard work, and do we maybe pat ourselves on the back when we've been useful and productive? Do we pride ourselves on crossing stuff off our to-do list because we've gotten that much stuff done today? Maybe we even write things that we did on our list so that we have the satisfaction of crossing them off in that very moment just to feel that much better about our usefulness. If we are brave enough to admit it, is there a little voice that pipes up in the back of our mind when we see our neighbors sitting on their porch at 5.30 on a Thursday, Thursday, laughing and having fun with their friends? And might that little voice say something like, those people... Those people are always doing fun stuff while the rest of us make the world a better place by working our hineys off. I have far too much to do to be so flippant as to spend time doing something like that. And almost every week, please, laughing with friends, playing music, mm, no, I've got grit. I get her done. That little voice might sneak its way into our minds because the exhaustion has become a status symbol and productivity has become a symbol of self-worth. It's become a way of living for some of us who are high achievers with ability and vision. And yeah, for some of us who have a little bit of grit. But this is super striking, my friends. Guess what the opposite of play is? The opposite of play is not work. It's depression, according to Dr. Stuart Brown. I remember reading these words and my shoulders slumped and my body instantly felt a ton heavier. I even wrote in the margin of my book, oh my god, that was me previously. If this sounds familiar to you in your life, take comfort with me that we can change. We can. We can change when we recognize the choices that we're making, and we think about why we're making them, and then we intentionally start to make different decisions for ourselves. That's the whole point of this show, my friends. I do want to share a bit more about play from Dr. Stuart Brown's research as it relates to work and our relationships before getting to um, the daily decisions that we can make to incorporate play in our lives. Apparently we need play to be able to function well in work. It can bring back excitement and newness to our jobs. It can help us deal with difficult things and people. Play helps us recognize that there are lots of opportunities and possibilities Play also encourages us to do what we're doing better. And it's certainly an essential part of the creative process. Most importantly, Dr. Stuart Brown says, True play that comes from our own inner needs and desires is the only path to finding lasting joy and satisfaction in our work. In the long run, work does not work without play. Work does not work without play. And many of us have to work. So it's not going to work well for the long run if we don't play. This can be extended to our relationships too. Relationships do not work without play. It sure as heck rings true in my life. When I was so focused on helping others as a minister and with fair trade, I didn't have the capacity to be playful because I let my to-do list get too long. And I valued the status symbol of being exhausted. And productivity was a symbol of my self-worth. And I was numbing things that I didn't want to have to deal with in my personal life. I didn't have to reflect on my relationships because I was too busy to do so, you see. Working hard was my way out, and I didn't even realize that I was creating it for myself. I'm still unwinding all of this in my own life, but it's becoming more and more clear to me that this is big T truth stuff for me, and I think it might be a thing for many of us. I talk about being countercultural a lot from the pulpit as a minister. Jesus was countercultural in his time. I'm one who understands God through that guy, so I'd better be about what he was about, and that is still to be countercultural today, to care for the poor, the oppressed, for those without power. We need to recognize injustice and have a voice for all of God's people. We also need to live in a way that reflects the love and grace of God to all people like our personhood needs to reflect that and being able to do that in essence to live well is also countercultural. like living wholeheartedly requires like it requires us to play purposelessly because we're all just normal human beings here we can't get away with thinking that we're the exception and that we don't need to play no nah, this is like common for us all and if we live without play we're depressed. We can't live into our call to reflect the love and the grace of God, no matter how hard we push through our to-do lists for all of our noble deeds. If we're not playing, we must prioritize it. But it is countercultural, so it might be hard for some of us to shift our mindset about purposeless fun. I just searched work hard quotes and came up with a mountain of options that make me cringe. My favorite one is, push yourself to the effing limit and be an effing beast. (laughs) There's a picture of a fierce looking lion in the background, of course. The top of the search was, if you want to make something for yourself, work harder than everybody else. Something like this doesn't have the same ring to it, but I think it's truth. If you want to work well work smart, and whenever possible, play. Now that's a post that I could pin. I should make that one. I really should. With or without an effing lion. (laughs) I'm all about doable things here on To Be Fair. Because, to be fair, it's hard to make changes in the habits of our lives and to be intentional about how we spend our limited time. So here is my doable thing from today, and this comes from Dr. Stuart Brown's TED Talk in 2008 called Serious Play. He says, and I think this is great, think about a picture of yourself in which you showed pure joy. I described one of mine at the beginning of the show in which I was an adult, but it can be from when we're really little. In fact, that would be great if it would like go back to when we're really young. So for instance, my family went to see my uncle in Montana when I was a preschooler. We rarely took vacation, so this was a big deal. There are tons of pictures from it, and they are nicely organized in photo albums. My parents are awesome about that. My kids don't even know what a photo album is. Anyway, the memory that I have of a short series of pictures was of me in a little one-piece royal blue swimming suit with little colorful wormy squigglies on it. I think my hair was up in pigtails. And there was this huge puddle at my uncle's ranch, and I was jumping all big spread-eagle belly flop kind of jumping into this huge puddle. In my mind's eye, I remember a photo of me like wiping mud out of my eyes with this joy-filled smile on my face. That is one of my pure joy, younger pictures. And I love it. I've always been that person, but in the past, I allowed layers and layers of to-do's to push down that spirit. Maybe you can relate, my friend. So now truly, think of a picture of you when you were clearly experiencing pure joy. What were you doing? Were you eating spaghetti with your shirt off and sauce covered from your forehead to your tummy with bright eyes and a big messy smile? I can see that one. Were you running through a sprinkler with wild inhibition? Were you playing catch? Were you licking the brownie batter off of a mixer paddle? Were you tumbling onto the floor with your girlfriends after having attempted a pyramid? What is your picture of pure joy? You are that same person. Let's work towards shedding some of the layers that have accumulated upon us. Let's strip ourselves back a bit to that person. We can do so by creating more opportunities for ourselves to play in some sort of a continuation from what once gave us that pure joy. It's not going to be exactly the same because we're older, right? And we probably don't want to even eat spaghetti without a shirt on at this point, let alone have it all over us. But something along those lines, some continuation. Taking my own example, I apparently loved the water, even in puddle form. I should create experiences for myself and my boys with water. Maybe I could go to the lake with my sister after our Midwest flooding subsides. Or my picture of pure joy as an adult with my girlfriends that is an easy enough one to continue, I should just facilitate gatherings with my friends (laughs) and maybe expand the circles, right? And maybe sit in small chairs, apparently. I'm happy to say that I figured this one out for myself soon after I became um, surprisingly single. And I've been strategically hosting gatherings at times that I knew I would be struggling with sadness and hurt. I've called these gatherings Pastoral Care 101 because we were certainly taught in seminary to help others to do this, to put things in place for themselves at times that they know are going to be hard. So I've been doing it for months and it's been so wonderful to sort of heal with my friends. And I've been real and honest and raw with them and they've stuck with me even when it wasn't comfortable for them. I'm so grateful. And now, now we have new friends because as I've been continuing to come along into who I'm becoming, um, I've invited more folks to come around who are wonderful. Just last weekend, we had our last gathering in our house because the boys and I will be moving into the residence halls at our local college, Bethany. Um, we're moving there to live in the coming month. The three of us are super sad to leave our house, but are thankful for this way forward. So like all other things, we needed to celebrate an ending and a beginning. The band who practices at our house played for the last time here, and we celebrated two birthdays of our dear friends as we um, danced to new beginnings. I was surrounded by long-lasting friends who I adore, and new friends who I appreciate so much. I truly felt like we were in heaven on earth. It was pure joy. Let's make more of these times happen for ourselves, friends. Let's do it. There is truly nothing holding us back from continuing our picture of pure joy but ourselves. So let's get out of our own freaking way and play. Now, we might feel a little guilty about it at first, right? Because it's a new way of thinking and living. So here's an idea about making sure it happens for ourselves. Let's literally write in play dates for ourselves on our calendars. Truly. Let's write in. A half an hour of apples to apples with our kids after supper tomorrow night. Let's plan a dessert night for next Tuesday and invite our neighbor and her newborn if they can come over so we can hold the baby. And talk with the mama, of course, but definitely hold the sweet baby. (laughs) Let's schedule that date. Let's go to a belly dancing class on a Thursday night at Connected, the Fair Trade Store, and move our bodies in weird and wonderful ways. Let's plan an evening to go fish. Let's calendar a walk on the Konza Prairie. A month out, let's plan a fancy candlelit supper for ourselves with our friends, just for the heck of it. Let's schedule that stuff so we make sure it happens. I know it takes the spontaneity out of it, and it might feel goofy and awkward, but let's push through that in calendar until it becomes natural for us to be playful. And then we don't even have to think about it because it's just a way of life for us. It's how we live our lives is with play. Living wholehearted, healthy, phenomenal lives. That's our way of life. Cheers to choosing to live the lives we want to live, my friends. May that be so for you and for me. If you found this show to be helpful in some way, and you can think of a friend who might like it too, please pass it along. What I found is that if someone doesn't listen to podcasts, it's often helpful to show where to find podcasts on his or her own phone. I've even stood there and like pulled up the episode that I think that a person might like so that it's right there on the playlist. If you're so inclined, please help someone else to learn about podcasts and share with them about this show. And then when you listen to like the Good Life Project or the Jennifer Allwood show and you hear something that struck you for that particular friend again, sharing it will be a piece of cake. They'll already know like how to pull that thing right up. Okay then, until next time, take good care my friends. I'm Amy Kay and this has been To Be Fair.